Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? It's going. We're uh, we're here. What else? What? That's you know, we're thankful for that, I guess. We're we're rolling. We're home. It was a pretty bananas couple weeks there down in Arkansas, Kansas for BWR and then Big Sugar. Lots of really cool stuff happening down there. Good to see everybody. It felt like, even though we were at gravel, it felt a little like being back at cyclocross. Uh, I feel like you had a bit of like a cyclocross mechanic reunion going. That's right. We were all hanging it in the pits. It was good times. Yeah. Missed those days. So that was fun. But yeah, two great events we were at. I mean, probably more than two events, but we were at Belgian Waffle, Kansas, which was very cool. They had you know, concerts going on. They had closed down the main street. Uh, what was the name of the town we were in again? Lawrence. Lawrence. Kansas. I apologize to Lawrence, but great town. Uh, great time there and, and really nice gravel, really nice surface there. And then we traveled three or four hours uh, over over and down, I think, to Bentonville, uh, Arkansas, which is, you know, becoming quickly becoming the cycling hub for mountain and gravel. And so Big Sugar now has run many years there, uh, but it was on. By many, you mean two. Is it only two? I know, it right? It seems like forever. I was very surprised by that. Uh, so yeah, and it was the final. It wasn't just Big Sugar, which could be exciting enough because it's a great 100-mile or 50-mile race uh, through very rugged gravel there. Uh, but this was actually the final race in that six-race lifetime series. Yeah, so that was, that was super fun to be kind of part of, see, watch, just everybody was around it was super cool so and we were hanging out with the jukebox cycling team yeah so it's a part of your week at least yeah and uh next week we'll actually have alexi vermulen back on the podcast we had him on a few months back now and uh as we were doing some some work with jukebox i was talking to him and i was just like this is all just podcast gold here so okay. and then also shout out while we were in bentonville also going on was outer bike which was like a bike demo festival uh event mm -hmm. uh that happens and i think next year there'll be five if i recall is that what yeah, yeah. there's a few different ones moab Vermont, uh, yeah okay yeah yeah exactly so check that out if you're into you know going to destinations but also maybe incorporating some bike demos it was a great setup i haven't been at a outdoor bike show like that in quite some time it was really neat so that was going on separate from the the great venue they had for big sugar at the center of town just you know a couple blocks over was this big bike show going on also in bentonville uh, and then you also somehow had this uh people for bike summit also happened in bentonville yeah which all sounds like we're doing like an ad for bentonville just so not, not a sponsor not sponsored uh it was just like yeah a lot of stuff converging all in one week and that was not even including the cyclocross world cup which we missed because of bwr right. so just so much going cool. on if you're planning a bike vacation that, that that might be a destination and that was that so yeah we had three consummate athletes down there uh who did great uh you know went through these regular courses no flats and smooth and they got it done right that was a long build up for that uh especially for the canadians where i couldn't get down last year so there was some deferral so yeah it was super good and, and as molly said exciting to be in the the feed zone with some of my old mechanic friends uh pretending like i was one of them 
Yeah, but in the meantime, we've also had a bunch of stuff going on over at just consummateathlete.com. So that's our, our website. And for those of you who maybe are newer to the show or just don't realize, we actually have a website that has like five articles a week going up. So we do have a ton of content over there, not just us talking, also us writing. Molly is her own media engine. So she it's keeps true, these pumping true. out. So we have already gift guides. It's early this year with Christmas. The gift guides are out. And what is a gift guide? Well, so the this is the early bird gift guide, to okay. be clear. This is just sort of a, this one is like an amalgamation of my favorite things at the moment that I'm going to be giving as gifts this year, or like my recommendations for gifts for any kind of athlete this year. Uh, so I always have some kind of like cozy slipper shoe thing for post-race. Okay. Um, have a couple really fun things in there, actually. I'm but pretty, what is a gift guide? What is a gift guide? What do you mean? I don't know. Some, some people might not know. What is a gift? It's like a list of things that you might give as gifts. And then there's also links there. And I mean, if those links often link to a company or, or you know, Amazon often as well. And the nice thing, you know, as a listener, you know, if you don't want to support us, but, you know, through getting training plans or, or, you know, going to one of our actual show sponsors, uh, just by using those links often, you know, there's an affiliate and it doesn't cost you anything. You can get, you know, the cozy slippers, uh, but then there'll be a, a very nominal, you know, kickback uh, for us. That's true. Which yeah. is very nice. So, yes, thank you to anyone who looks at the gift guides and gets anything off of them. That's awesome. Uh, we also had a note, uh, one of our articles this week is the Make Your 2023 Gear Wish List. So I wanted to put that one up early. Uh, I do that one every year. It's the reminder, especially in, in these current times where, uh, you know, getting anything, like getting a chain for your bike could take you six months. Um having your list of stuff now that your season if your season is over now so if you you know race say big sugar and this is your off season now this is a great time to look at your gear and figure out what the heck you need for next year whether it's a new bike or a new chain or new tires mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you know new kit and i mean a it's a great thing to be able to ask for that for the holidays put it on your christmas list ask santa uh, but it's also frankly like you probably want to go to your local bike shop and order that bike now if you're uh if you think so and i mean that's season. always you know this off periods always or, or not always but often uh there'll be a, a subset of athletes i should say who struggle with off season or the what we might call the preparation phase or just fall right like the weather's crummy and there's no races all of a sudden people aren't doing group rides everyone's back to school whatever uh, and that's one of those to do's right is clean the bike you know sell the bike buy a bike uh, you know all these you know what equipment do you need maybe for winter uh, you know getting ready for it, right it is the preparation phase and it's, it seems like a oh this phase sucks or it's not important but it's it's important because it sets the stage for the rest of the year yeah which is actually a big part of what we're talking about today really uh, and then just quickly before we get into today's topic we also have uh, I know you know inflation is very real right now you've probably noticed your grocery bills kicking way way up so over on the blog we actually have an article on pantry staples that are like the very cheap ways to keep eating healthy even though food prices are going up and it has a couple of different RDs who weighed in it's registered dietitians who weighed in on like the things that they're buying if they're trying to save money on groceries while still eating really well so, so this is like your rice and beans diet exactly okay a hundred percent okay uh, that's I think every one of them was like rice and beans obviously sure but I mean I guess this is you know you could be buying oats in bulk is sort of a, a classic endurance athlete uh, food I guess or you know any of these grains I guess are, are good 
candidates for that. And then our other popular article this week was the getting through a dessert hangover, which I think is going to be very important for, uh, you know, this week. uh, Everyone has all the Halloween candy now. Uh, Let's be honest, even if we're adults, even if we're adults who don't have kids in the house, for example. And it's Uh, a popular search. I always roll my eyes a little bit when you do uh, articles like this, uh, but you're writing them and I'm not. So there you go. Uh, But it is a popular search. So, I mean, there's a need out there. um, And I guess that's what folks are looking for. All right. Look, in my 30s, I am much more inclined to have a dessert hangover than a hangover hangover. Yeah, I mean, okay, there you go. Like, yeah, or we also have a pizza hangover. I mean, it's pretty similar concept. Like, let's be honest, these are just some big SEO grabs. It's the last two slices. They always, you know, you don't want to put the box back in the fridge. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, uh, definitely check that out over at consummateathlete.com. So, okay. With all of that said, today's topic is how to avoid burnout. And as we get into this, I will say, like, our goal here is to keep this super positive. Like right. this is not saying like, oh, as an athlete, you're definitely going to get burned out or even that like burnout itself is like necessarily like a horrible, terrible, very bad or like veering into burnout is like a horrible, terrible, very bad thing. Uh, sort of what I say in yoga with our, our clients every every Friday morning when we're doing it on Zoom, I'm always saying like, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just information, as we like notice if our like left shoulder is really tight compared to our right shoulder. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just information. So a lot of this is is really just kind of talking through having the self awareness to to know that you're you're starting to get a little bit burnt. Sure, and I think this is a common. We have one called cyclocross burnout, a post I should say, uh, called cyclocross burnout, which I think is is quite common. You're getting into the fall, winter, especially in Canada, and it's the weather's getting crummy, and you've been racing since potentially March, right? You got in those early spring classics. All the cyclocross people do the spring classics. You know that's sort of part of it. And so the problem is your season goes from March to November or December or you know January, I guess for some people. And as you mentioned kind of earlier, the lifetime Grand Prix series, like this is something I talked to the jukebox guys about last week. The lifetime Grand Prix series started in early April and it went to last week. Right. And that's maybe, (laughs) yeah, that's not maybe a lot of us normal folk, but, uh, you know, we might've been chasing some of these again, everyone's excited coming out of the winter. You've been doing your base phase. You want to get racing as soon as possible, maybe escape the cold conditions. And and then again, you're trying to hold on to cyclocross season or these, you know, again, big sugar was just, you know, last weekend. Yeah. There's a lot of people that would do like mid South gravel, which actually started before the lifetime grand prix series. Mm -hmm. So that came like a couple weeks ahead. I think. Yeah. And then we'll finish a big sugar, right? So it's completely understandable for people to be feeling that. And on the micro level, you were even just saying, we were joking with uh, Peter's mom yesterday. She'd been on a big walk and she was saying she was really tired on you know Sunday night. She's like, oh no, this is like bad news for the week ahead. And Peter said something to the effect of like, this is how I feel every weekend. And it got me thinking like, weekends for athletes, even if you're not racing, actually, in fact, especially when you're not racing, weekends tend to be your big training days you're riding or running long both days of the weekend possibly and then you're hitting monday morning you're back to work feeling physically really tired from the weekend and then monday might be a rest day for you physically but it's actually one of your like harder days work-wise so i think it's completely understandable that, uh, you know, trying to train and work and have life uh, leaves you feeling a little depleted sometimes. So that the word overwhelm comes to mind. And I know there's another post that we'll link in the show notes called veering towards overwhelm and you're not alone. Um, So this is, you know, something that's popular over the years. We've had a lot of posts around this. And again, we don't want to go negative on it because I think it's just at some point you're going to get tired and, you know, bike racing is going to get old. And I think that's the nature of it, right? That's why so much of the year 
is spent in quote unquote off season or base training or whatever you want to call it, not the competitive phase, but the, you know, preparation phase. Yeah. And I mean, when you're, when you're working and you have kids or like other, you know, family or social responsibilities, uh, you know, training and racing is sort of the first thing that can get sort of kicked to the curb because it's like the easiest thing to put aside. You can't put aside your job for the most mm -hmm. part. You can't put aside your kids for the most part. Right. Right. Um, but like training and you know arguably this is not actually like the best solution but it's the sort of thing that like you can see and be like okay if i take this out of my week suddenly i have 10 more hours of time which is not necessarily like a positive here so but. i think you know the questions that we get in this direction are you know a right on the you know I, i'm burnt out what should i do you know those do come across the you know in the emails uh but then there's also ones that are just sort of around that like i'm finding that my results are sort of getting poor i'm not motivated to train you know i can only, you know i've been racing but i can't train during the week the weather's been really bad um my know. yeah mine is like a big flywheel kind of thing where like everything is still and i talked about this in that overwhelm thing like where you're still doing everything but you're starting to feel this like sense of like oh gosh, I'm doing too much. And like, I have too many balls in the air. It's just like creeping up behind you. And you're starting to like feel the accumulation of like all of like the physical and mental stress, but you're still able to perform. And I think that's almost like where you want to catch this feeling. It could be. And I mean, I, this gets back, you said your why, which I always, again, roll my eyes a little bit at why's. We but, both roll our eyes. But it's the, you know, what are you doing? I guess, right? Who are you and what are you trying to do like what's the goal is there a goal you know is there a, a race schedule or are you just adding more weekly races and more races every week you just hear about a new one and add it on the weekend right like that's you know ill-advised i guess you know you can do it there are people that do it and, and race you know as they feel or for fun or whatever they say but if that's combined with i'm also overwhelmed then i don't know if that's fun anymore we had we had our previous podcast two weeks ago uh was setting fun goals and it was interesting the responses we had one person on instagram was quite upset and said how could you possibly burn out with fun goals and i was like well i mean taking out of context i guess i can see your question but the idea is like if you only did you know if you're one of these people who 100 and 200 mile rides is fun you know kudos but you know you could see how applied over every weekend of the year at expense of work and life and family and you know eating well and these things that you could burn out and, and then if you layer on top of that that you also were saying that you wanted to do uh i'm trying to think of a race and so we're going to do unbound and because that's what you do if you do 200 mile races unbound coming up in may but you've been doing 200 mile rides for fun Right, you can see how you can't see him doing little quotation marks. Yeah, lots he's doing of, them. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's maybe it's not in quotes, but that's the idea, right? Is like it, it, you could be very burnt out on two hundred mile rides, despite them being fun to you at the start, uh, before you get to the the race, right? If you don't have a race goal, then I guess you can do you know whatever you want, and you, when it's not fun, you can stop, assuming you can stop. I think that's probably the biggest part of that uh, conversation last week was the like. Like, what's fun? What's a goal? And yeah, like, can can you stop? Mm -hmm. like, so, I mean, obviously these things don't apply to everyone, but I mean, if it's fun, then you probably wouldn't burn out. But the, the problem is like fun can become addictive. I said, you know, I, I said to you as I was responding was like, I sort of want to go off about like, you know, effing cocaine is fun. Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> so instead of my phrase, I like what this is, you know, it's not a party if it happens every day. I think that's postal service uh, if, if for anyone in the know uh, it was an old song that they they referenced, you know, it's not a party if it happens every day. Two things to be clear. Peter has never done cocaine. He's the squarest person I right, know. Right. I don't. I imagine it's fun. 
second thing when he said postal service, he means the band, not the disgraced cycling team. Right. Again, right. Just or, to be clear on or, this podcast. Or delivery service, but that's another topic. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's the idea. So we're going to say, what? who are you and what are you trying to do? Let's bring this back here where you're starting to feel a little burnt out. So you just want to check because as you say, maybe you're rolling along okay and the results are okay, but you're starting to feel, and you see this with elite athletes and when they're posting about their Instagrams and stuff, they're maybe getting a little s- sad <laughs> sounding. Uh, so, I mean, if you know that this past weekend was cyclocross provincials in Ontario here at home, if you were feeling that just in the week or two ahead of that, and you know that the end is near, then, you know, use some sports psychology techniques, you know, motivate yourself, make it fun, you know, whatever you need to do to get through that weekend, show up, do your best, keep your eyes on the prize, and then remind yourself throughout that you don't have to ride your bike for a month afterwards. And that's what I would probably recommend if you were, you know, really pushing hard for that. Now, if you have no plan and you don't know where the end is, then again, this is time to sit down and reflect on why are you still racing? And there's been a few people who have reached out to us and we've, we've had this discussion and they're just like, oh, there's absolutely no reason I need to do cyclocross. I'm just going to stop doing it for this year. For the record, we are not suggesting that you should stop doing cyclocross. We love cyclocross. Right. Um, but definitely, like, the tendency is to go straight from mountain bike into cyclocross because that's just what you know, and that's, like, what you do on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely understanding the the who are you, what's what are your goals. And I think right now is, like, the time of year where it's really hard to see your goals for 2023. Uh, I know, for me, I'm still putting races on the calendar, and... Oh my gosh, when we were in Benville, I was talking to a friend. She's like, so what's on your calendar for next year? I was like, I don't know. She, like the next day, she's like, so what are you thinking about for 2020? I was like, Karen, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I just don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which again is sometimes, and maybe this could be taken too far, but I think sometimes if you don't know and you're feeling a little lost, like it might actually be a good sign to just, you know, again, you could be a normal person. You can go for walks and stuff, but maybe just hold off starting training until that becomes a little more compelling. Um, cause it might be a sign that like, if you're not super motivated to even look at race schedules, then it might just be, you know, just wait a little bit longer, um, and see, and, and the answer at the end of that reflection period, that off period, maybe you want to look at a different type of racing and that's, that's okay too. Yeah. And I mean, for me, like I, because I was working for BWR, Bentonville, Big Sugar, all that stuff, I had a lot going on. I actually told my coach, like I'm out for two weeks. So I did some like light jugs and some fun stuff, like whatever I felt like doing, but I took the training sort of out of the equation because I just knew it wasn't, I didn't have anything that I was training for. So training just felt like this like added like weight. And now that I had that, I actually sort of have some, I I did look at the 2023 schedule. I did put a couple things sort of tentatively Mm -hmm. on there right now. And I'm sort of, now I'm backtracking and figuring out like what that's going to look like for, for training and for, you know, where we're going to be and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that actually really helped because I think I was getting into that phase of training for the sake of training without something like. Yeah. And up. I think that it's easy to get into that, right? Especially if you're the type of person, which I would say you and I are both a little in this direction, right? We're, we're I guess you could say action oriented or you like to train, the racing's maybe secondary, it, you know, provi- provides yeah. an excuse and something for you to say you're, you know, what are you training for? But I think it's easy. This is the like ladder leaning against the wrong, you've been climbing the ladder of success and then you realize it's, you know, leaning against the wrong building or the wrong wall or however that one goes, right? Yeah, 100%. And that's often applied to, you know, work life. But I think, you know, cycling wise too, right? You've been trying to be a gravel racer and then all the while realized you hate gravel races. You know, once you get there, you just don't like them, right? They're too long or whatever. Well, we almost had this with me. Like as we were driving back from Bentonville, I was like, 
gravel racing. Yeah. You know? Like it's still pretty like there's, you know, there's more women in it now, but there's, th- there's still not like it's not equal. Like there's still not enough women in it. Maybe I should just like really go for it with gravel. And Peter's like, do you want to ride 200 miles? I was like, I do not. Well, not even too much. That's not what I asked. I asked you <laughs> if you wanted to get on your bike and train consistently over time, despite the weather and the fact it's going to take more time away from work, right? Like it's, it's true. sort of the nature of cycling. I don't think, I think people uh, overplay the like, oh, running's so time efficient and there's no gear and you know, you don't, you know, whatever. I, it's, it's true. I guess runners don't generally do as much time, but I think most people fill the time they have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you have to fix a bike and you have to have a bike and you have to change tires. There's a lot of stuff and so you reflected on it yes and uh, you know gravel <laughs> racing just might not be for me i might change this plan uh, in a month or so but uh, at the moment yeah gravel racing not for me so we're getting to the fall and so i mean i think the big thing the most common in the fall when someone emails me with this or, or you know books a phone consult and we're talking about it is just is it normal what you're feeling and a lot of times it is normal if we look at how long has your season been what's going on in your life like you know exactly what you said you know you had a busy work period you know conferences are coming back for people and it's tempting to want to try and you know bring your bike to the conference or ride the exercise bike for two hours before you stand in a conference hall for the rest of the day but what if you didn't ah my favorite question right And, and and this is how you end up like tipping over that Uh, So this is where that planning those blocks of the year, you know, take out your calendar, how long away is your unbound or whatever race you're going to do. And and maybe it's just okay to not train for a bit and and recover that motivation while you're at the work conference. And and that balance comes in the long term, you know, the little blocks applied over time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come day to day. I think that's where we get overwhelmed is trying to do the meditation and the training and the kids and the soccer and the, you know, all this stuff. Uh, that's not how, you know, I think it has to come in the, the long term. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that actually reminds me the, the point of like the conference and taking the time away or whatever, uh, that reminds me of, we had Josie Perry, a sports psychologist on the podcast talking about sort of, uh, f- well, I don't know if she, did she talk about the five questions? No. So this is actually taken from Twitter before everyone quit Twitter last week. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Twitter. Uh. <laughs> uh, so this was great. And, and we will get her back on because I, I love the episode with her. There's all sorts of pearls. And uh, she really goes in on the, the value and the purpose, which is sort of around that why. And I like to eye roll, but she has a great job. And she actually has a practical, like, it's like 52 different uh, words that sort of apply to your values. Although I'm going to throw you under the bus and say I was uh, questioning you on this the other day. And you had to look up what you wrote yeah. down as your Let values. Let me see what my words are. <laughs> But wait a second. <laughs> but I don't think that's the worst thing to write them down and forget them and then come back because a lot of times we do. That's what I'm saying is, what, you, you know, you end up with the ladder is on the wrong building again because it's attractive, right? Oh, it, it's really fun to go out and do these things or, you know, to do, you know, you get pulled away. And that's why we do this goal setting and the values and the journaling is so that you can come back and reflect and then, you know, head off on that setting. If we think of it as a compass and navigation, where are we going in it two years? What are we going to try and do for the next two weeks and then reassess at the end of those that block your training block two weeks four weeks whatever are we still headed in that direction and are we happy with the direction we're headed i, I think that that's it's just great uh if we can do that yeah so do you want to walk through her five questions sure i mean we mentioned them so we may as well and i'll, I'll try and find the tweet just to give josie she's great on twitter uh if you're still there uh sorry about twitter if she's still there. <laughs> well on twitter i mean uh, i don't know 
so here we go. Questions, Josie Perry on Twitter. You can look these up. These are five questions for making sort of a decision. Like someone's asked you to do something, you're deciding, should I do the cyclocross race? And so we thought this was, was decent, right? So number one, do I have the capacity to do this well? This is a dangerous question. And I think you need to be real honest with yourself as you're uh, answering it because if, if you're anything like us, and I'm assuming you are, if you're listening to this, you're probably in like that type A category. You're like, of course I have the capacity for it. Yes, I already have the 24 hours of my day completely booked up, but I totally have the so, capacity so yeah. to add that. Like, do you have time to do this? I think it's probably, but it's also energy, um, you know, just motivation for it, right? Like, do you have the capacity? So this is strictly like a, a capacity question. And you're right. If you're the type of person who thinks they have infinite capacity, you know, give it to a busy person to get it done. Uh, then this this is a dangerous one. So you might have to, you know, check in. I always say check in with your family, whoever, you know, is, is also needing time from you and see, do you actually have time for this? Uh, and, and, and reflect on it, like truly, right? But again, this might not be the only, that's why there's five questions. The second question, do you have the capability, like the skills to do it? Well. Right. And that's not to say like you ha you naturally have to have the capability to do it, or yeah, capability to do it well right now, but can you gain those skills can you actually work towards and probably skills? you return to question one i would say if, if you're like yes i can learn french and be a french teacher in the next you know year or something then you want to go back to do you have the bandwidth and the you know interest the the skills to learn this as well as do the job or the thing that you're trying to do um can we do a race question so do i have the capacity to do this cyclocross race this weekend um thinking through the gear and the travel and the clean up on the back end and the fatigue on the back end and i think the capability to do this well doesn't mean that you're going to win the cyclocross race it well, means like yeah. can you give it your best effort like can you feel as though you like left it all on the course mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i guess that's it i guess it's tougher with racing to apply question two is it the the like do you have the skills to do this i think if, if it's a race a lot of us would say yes like i can finish this race yeah um, exactly like i think just finishing feeling as though like okay this was a good race for me and it doesn't have to be a win it doesn't have right. to be a top ten. it doesn't have to be any kind of like uh outcome oriented thing it's more just that feeling of like did you do this to the best of your and i guess this abilities. is our the race if you're going to race question like can you exactly. show up and race and and benefit from it because it's not that we're going to win most of us are not going to win that's the way things work there's one olympic champion right like we know even you know the people who are in the 99.9 percent .9 they're not winning the olympics uh so these questions then are are worth reflecting on because these first two i think are are what causes the anxiety right like we you know when we get nervous or anything so if you're the type of person you know and, and who waffles on things like myself or, or just you find yourself anxious a lot then these two might be worth really reflecting on so without further ado we'll keep going so we have capacity capability you know the skills question three is does it meet my purpose in some way and I think that combines with Q4, which is, does it move me closer to one of my values? Right. And I think for the cyclists, if we try and, you know, this is performance oriented, you know, values, you know, do we have those set up? So I, I think that makes sense, you know, but I think we could also say, you know, my seasonal goals. So I was going to win mountain bike provincials, which were three months ago. So does it cyclocross, does it, does it align with that or, or what's coming next year, right? If I'm going to do unbound or whatever the thing is. Does this move me closer to that goal? Like, is there a reason? You don't always need a reason to race, but there should be, a, you know, a bit of a a why with that, which is sort of, you know, why are we doing this? You know, what are we trying to get out of this? Fun, fun could be the answer, I guess, but I which think I think, people. yeah. And then the last question is, will I enjoy it? And I do think like, 
that can be just a standalone question, but I do think it's worth reflecting on the first four before you get to the will I enjoy it, because I think often, for me especially, like I know for me, like I'll jump on that last question and be like, of course I will. Mm-hmm. Like racing like 50 miles next weekend, of course I'll enjoy that. And yeah. the reality is like, it actually doesn't meet questions one, two, three, and four. And the reality is I probably won't actually enjoy it, but my tendency is to like assume that I'll enjoy stuff like that. Right. Uh, so I think the will I enjoy it is like one that you have to be a little bit cautious of because of course we'd all enjoy racing cyclocross twice a weekend every weekend for the next four months cyclocross is awesome mm-hmm. I can't imagine and I think this is with decision making sometimes it's good uh, it's very trendy right now like decision making journals and all this stuff in the entrepreneur space uh, but you, you almost want to look back at the last four or five events you've done maybe similar decisions you've made like this maybe the group rides you've gone out on or, or whatever these this area you're, you might be looking at and say like did I enjoy them or, or not right because we're very good at forgetting and or saying that this one's going to be different but again if especially for this podcast we're, we're doing right now we're saying like you're in a overwhelmed burnout state so this will I enjoy it I think probably that question five is if we're honest with it and can reflect you know and see our future selves like today if you were doing it you know sometimes that's worth saying you know will I would I enjoy it today why would it be different in this weekend that's um, a great one yeah but yeah you're right enjoyment in in beforehand it seems like a good idea but maybe not if we've not really played out the whole you know in the cyclocross example the like getting there the bike set up the pre-ride the mud the cold um, the cold is always the kicker i'm always like all about it until i get there and it's freaking freezing. yeah maybe always picturing the worst possible weather that could happen oh remember yeah. provincials in peterborough uh nationals maybe. nationals yeah. oh snow sleet that was the coldest i think i've ever been i was just spectating i was gonna say i don't think we raced no i was just spectating i, was I don't regret frozen. going there that was good it was great yeah but it was so cold yeah maybe racing would have been better honestly i think we said that <laughs> we I, did well we did most of the things to get there right i just wasn't canadian at the time okay so, so where did you want to go so that's josie perry's five questions perhaps useful if you're in this overwhelm right to sort of think through next steps uh, you know i i think that off period you know did we take the off period the other one do you have another one uh, Did you have a next step? I have a next step. I have a next step. Okay, well then go with yours. Okay, mine is if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, but I suck at setting goals um, or like uh, I suck at like setting like any of these, if these questions just seem really difficult um, or if you're just like, if you're like us and you can waffle on decisions for forever. Um, I actually was just talking to a sports psych for, uh, I write a lot of stuff for True Sport, which is USADA's youth arm. Uh, and one of the topics we're talking about is um, is helping you know young athletes set goals and a lot of athletes really struggle with goal setting outside of just like i want to win this race um especially when they're like younger so we actually came up with this concept of anti-goals so rather than thinking about like the what you want to do it's actually thinking about how like what you don't want to do or how you don't want to feel um so the the anti-goal so you know, if you don't want to feel super overwhelmed and super burned out, like one of your, you know, anti, like, so that's your sort of anti goal is like, you don't want to feel overwhelmed, burned out. So that might mean, okay, we're going to set the like cap on like the number of races I can do this season. So it's only like three races. If it's another race, like absolutely not. Um, you know, we, we talked about like the, in the situation I was talking about with the sports psych, it was, you don't want to feel like crap on the weekends, so you probably don't go out like partying and drinking heavily on Friday nights. Um, that was like the you know you don't necessarily want to set the goal like the goal of like waking up at seven a.m. and like doing a twenty mile run on Saturday seems 
like too much but could we just set it to like not feel super hungover hmm. okay could be something there um i guess in in line with that then so they have we have anti-goals and i have seen that in uh i think our the last iteration of our goal setting uh you know process form it, it did actually have that like if you don't know you know what you don't then maybe start with like what and then i think it lets you invert it eventually right? yeah exactly um, it's sort of like the myth of stress who uh right andrew bernstein, bernstein. Yeah, yeah we've had him on the podcast before and it's it's that like should and then flip it right should not yeah so yeah we should include that link in the show notes because i think that's a great one if you're sort of struggling with the the goal concept or and honestly if you're feeling that overwhelm and burnout that's a great episode to go back yeah to. and that process was you know i i should race all the cyclocross races in the season and then can you you say you you, you inverted so you say i should not do all the cyclocross races in the season and then how much do you believe that there's a five-step process uh and then you actually list out reasons for that you like you try and argue the other side which is my that's why i love this process because i love to argue both sides uh it really does and so you say oh you know i have a lot going on you know my bike is broken you know (laughs) there's all these reasons that you might not do it right now uh and then you sort of reflect on how much you believe in in all this and and you know has it changed after this reflection and and so forth so i i really like it It, it's a great and and actually the myth of stress is not what it's called anymore but we always uh it might come to me you can't even remember what it's called right now and i apologize yeah i've been using it for so long but there's a second edition in any case so align with that, then the next thing I was thinking is, you know, this end of season, sometimes uh, we want to sort of reflect on health. Uh, you know, it's good practice for anyone to be having, you know, physical blood work, but they say, you know, with athletes, which is all of us, uh, you know, it can be more often we want to be checking in on, on some of these, you know, whether it's blood work or just checkups or just, you know, even just how am I feeling? Uh, do I have symptoms? Do I have injuries? Do I have niggles? Uh, that need addressing at this time of year that early base that off season that preparation phase uh, that's what it's all about right is getting back to balance yeah and actually i loved uh, we had a client coffee meet up over the weekend virtual um and one thing you were you were talking about was the the strength work as a check-in uh, and a lot of people are just starting getting back into strength now that it is sort of the off season for cycling um and you were saying strength is actually a fantastic chance to check in on where those niggles are and actually doing something about them so taking note mm-hmm. and like getting getting that checked out well in this world right where that's the whole you know ergonomics and desk chairs and i'm trying to think about like shoes uh bikes even bike fitting uh it's all about you know, trying to adapt to just the body and not letting the body ever adapt to it, right? Or have any sort of variability. So if you think about your office chair trying to like nestle you into this position where you never move, uh, shoes that are sort of like really restricting how much your feet can move. It's this idea, you know, that we should, our bodies can't adapt or, you know, we should always be just, you know, working around the injury versus strength you know is going to expose oh that's a little painful or i can't move in that direction or i can't balance on this one foot or or whatever right there's some sort of restriction strength has this diagnostic element to it where you can see you know i have trouble getting this low or you know this one lunge this arm overhead uh and then you can work away at it right not that you're going to force it on day one but you're going to maybe use you know no weight to put your arm over your head or you're going to hang maybe hang with a band support for the sake of you know a pull-up and not do a pull-up but hang and then over many weeks and months you can see that change right and you can do test retest with some of these things whether it's a hanging test or a plank or a push-up or a, a squat right this language of the gym 
So I think that's a reason to do strength for sure this time of year. Yes. And if you do notice something, definitely, you know, go. This is a great time to go to a physical therapist, get that checked out. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and on the note of overall health, uh, one thing that we've been doing for almost a year now is we take our Athletic Greens AG1 in the morning. That's right. And I mean, this again is for the balance phase here is sometime where, you know, maybe we've been taking a whole jumble of supplements. You know, maybe we need to get that out of the system. Uh, and something like Athletic Greens where the, it has that NSF rating, um, you know, it has a lot of the things you might be getting in this jumble of supplements. Uh, but at least it's from one source, you know, that has, you know, there's a lot of really good five-star reviews there as well, right? There's a lot of users have had good success with this. Yeah. So one scoop and you get vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. So it's not just greens powder, right? This is sort of all in one nice sort of multi, multi-vitamin, multi-mineral, multi-everything to <laughs> get your day started. <laughs> I love it. Like when we're when we're traveling and stuff, like I'm always terrible at drinking enough water, eating enough vegetables. Peter can attest to this. Um, he actually was just making fun of me for how uh, poor I am at uh, traveling healthy, despite having done it for so many years. Um, but yeah, being able to just chug a glass of water with a scoop of that in it every morning, I feel like makes a huge difference. I definitely notice if I'm not taking it for a few days. That's right. That's right. And again, the probiotics and the gut health are a big thing in this time of year, right? Like it's some of these uncomfortable things, you know, people come for bike coaching and then they're, you know, we want to look at how are you rolling as far as, you know, the skin is a good indicator, the gut is a good indicator. Um, and, and again, that can start with some of these these habits around nutrition and what we're putting into our body. You know, again, lots of, you know, veggies, good proteins, that sort of thing. Uh, but it also may be a supplement like AG1. Yeah, I actually just, uh, while we were in Bentonville, I feel like I'm like a pusher at this point and like not even, not even because I have to, which I don't. But I have people that ask me, like, does it taste good? And I'll just give them travel packets of it to try because I'm like genuinely convinced right. it is the best and it's tasting a one. A tropical taste. You say something else. I say but papaya it's... vanilla, which is tropical. I, I feel guess. like that's, <laughs> Fair that's enough. pretty much in line. So that's that. And I mean, you mentioned these travel packs. And if, if the if they use, I guess, our, the link here is we can offer that there's uh, five travel packs mm -hmm. and immune supporting vitamin D. Exactly. Yeah. The vitamin D is in a little dropper because it's fat soluble. So it needs to come in an oil. It's also very tasty. It's got like a light cucumber. Taste and again, to it. big when we're talking about burnout, fall, winter, you know, less light, less this, you know, that vitamin D could be a good piece there. Right. So it might be worth even just a try. You know, it's always that try it for 30 days and see how it works. I'll tell you, if we didn't have, like, if Peter wasn't using that vitamin D, I think I'd just be dosing him with it in his food without him knowing because he is not a happy camper when it starts getting dark out earlier and staying dark later. So uh, yeah, definitely, definitely worth a try. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens, like we said, you get the free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H. Biggest consummate was too hard to spell. <laughs> Again, athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H to take ownership of your health and take the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And honestly, I think it's just, such a smart idea and it's just such an easy way to kind of get that little bit of extra health into your day right and so this you know we're, we're dealing with overwhelm maybe burnout we could call it you know again sometimes burnout to me seems too extreme uh, it might just be normal that it's the fall the winter you've been racing and training really hard and we want to see that undulation the seasonality of the 
the season. Oh, you're going to mention the U curve. You're going to do it. I, I didn't. I didn't. It's not so much a U curve, but it's it's you know this is it's an up and down, right? Because there's many mountains. If you look at sort of your yearly hours or your your training stress score, those graphs are this build, build, build. You're building the base of this big pyramid or mountain and it should undulate the off season logically but we've lost this i think in this era of you know a pandemics but b also just with the the zwift racing and the online and the, this sort of stuff uh the time limited you know everyone only has their eight hours and those eight hours are the same perhaps all year so we want to embrace that and just you know sort of ask like is it normal what i'm feeling right now and and can i Go, move with the seasons a little bit right eat with the seasons you know all these things right this is where with consummate athlete we're saying maybe it's the time of year you go for hikes and take in the colors and you don't care so much that it's leafy or uh slippery you know can we go for a walk and i think there's also a seasonality to like what you're what you're focusing on right so summer is probably your main focus if you're an endurance athlete summer is sort of for your your racing for your being in that peak shape uh, you know, maybe the the fall, especially if you're more on like a student calendar or like your teacher or whatever, there's a bit more of like that, okay, it's back to work, hustle time element to it, or, you know, any business really, you're kind of Q4. Uh, and then, you know, towards the end of this month, so we're in November now, towards the end of this month into December, you're sort of in that holiday family, friends, social mode that might last into January. So I think it's, it's okay to have these different like zones of focus. So one of the articles we'll link to um, that I posted is that you can do it all, but you can't do it all at once so you can't be crushing your 30 hour a week training for Ironman triathlon while you're preparing for the biggest work conference of the year while you're trying to you know spend weekends with all of your friends and family because it's the holiday you physically just cannot do all of those things right uh, time does not work like that so I think uh you know this if you're starting to feel kind of burnt out on you know one part of your life or you're sort of veering into that feeling like Maybe it's because you, you do need to be focusing on the other chunk of life. And that's what's great about the off season is it gives you a chance to see the friends and family and do all that stuff that's mm -hmm. maybe a little mm -hmm. harder. Yeah. Yeah. And we can be maintaining or taking that off. But I think I think that's the idea. And I think what relieves that as much as, you, you know, you said goals and anti-goals and what is this goal setting and what is this why? I do think that the old, you know, either you take out a paper calendar or you write, you know, all the months of the year coming up uh, on a piece of paper and you can sort of backtrack from, you know, when is that race? Maybe it's, you know, May 31st, June 1st. You know, there's a lot of races around that sort of first. That's sort of often the first big spring weekend of racing. Um, and, and then can you backtrack from that? So what does that look like? Because that's a lot of months still, even though we're into November. That's still a bunch. You know, we're coming up on the time where you want to start laying down the base. Uh, but then you can plan that out. And, and the clients that do this, you know, they're asking me, you know, I'm going to take a week off of work and maybe go somewhere or I'm going to do a staycation and just try and put in a bunch of hours. When should that week be? That's a great question, right? Because I know they have to plan this with work, plan it with family, but they're going to focus and try and put in, you know, a big 20 hour plus week uh, on the bike or whatever their sport is. Mm -hmm. And so they're planning that out. But then what that means is they don't have to do 20 hours today. They're going to edge towards that they're going to set the body up to be healthy you know maybe invest time in family and work now so that they have that time for that big week but then also the race week in may uh, and we're starting to have this seasonality to the focus yeah uh, i do want to maybe like caveat what i just said too where i think part of the the problem people have is, is that all or nothing approach to so sort of what you just said and i think when we talk about taking the break from training we don't necessarily mean like 
no training. We mean like this maintenance is, you've used the phrase maintenance a couple times, so kind of just really underscoring that. Like we're not saying get off the bike, don't do anything. We're saying figure out what your minimum viable is. And mm -hmm. I think that's really helpful. So even when I, like I just said, I took a couple weeks off of like, you know, filling in my training calendar perfectly. I still ran between three and eight miles every day, just sort of bumping it out to, to get some movement in. The big scary words of overtraining, burnout, these sort of concepts, you know, the deeper we push into these words, these concepts, the more likely we're going to have to take extended periods. You know, you've probably felt this where, you know, you had a, a little niggle, I call them, you know, your ankle was hurting, your calf was hurting, and then all of a sudden you had a ruptured Achilles tendon. Now you're not doing much for a while. Uh, so we want to try and avoid those hard stops and, you know, so we, we go gentle. And I think for you, you know, your example is it's just sort of what's light, what's easy. Uh, and that's going to, all our levels are different, right? You're a lead athlete. What's like easy and fun might, you know, <laughs> cripple the rest of us. Uh, but I, th I think that's the idea is we keep moving. But again, we're starting to incorporate strength training. We're starting to walk a bit more. If we're going to run, then we're walking before we're running. Then we're run walking. Uh, you know, we're getting ready for cross training. My cross country skiers are starting to do some pole walking and some, a bit more strength for them as well, getting ready for when they can ski. So this is, again, what this this time of year is all about. And that change of sport and movement and pace is important. For sure. I just meant like, don't kind of like chain yourself to your desk because you're in like a heavy work phase sure. where you just never get any movement. In. And I mean, you may have to hustle. I mean, it some that's the nature like, of some things. You got to batch them and really go hard. Yeah. Like there may be a, a few days where that's, that's the case certainly. And I mean, obviously we're fine with like rest days and days off the bike or off the walking or whatever, but I think making sure you, you get some kind of movement in, even if it's a mm -hmm. 15 minute walk. And I guess that, you know, within this point, maybe not obvious but i think included in is that in these base phases or preparation phases we indeed are can do the sport but it's not racing it's not generally much in the way of intensity um you know i'm by no means that you have to do everything easy and you can't have any intensity in the base phase i think you know i, I really like that idea that it's included but it's that change of pace that i think gets missed as well we instantly go back to doing group rides or instantly go back to you know i don't want to say zwift but e-sport e racing um you know again which isn't giving us necessarily the break that that we might need uh from a physiological standpoint right so easy you know can mean easy and you can still ride your bike or run or whatever you love to do but just changing the pace with the seasons mm-hmm all right. And hopefully all of that will help you avoid burnout. <laughs> Drop the mic. Let's get right, out of here. Right. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully some of that helped. Hopefully that gave you a bit of food for thought, got you excited about next season and feeling uh, enthusiastic and optimistic about it, not stressed out. And uh, sure. And if you, you know, we, well, I'm picked on the one Instagram co commenter, uh, you know, feel free to comment on Instagram or, or DM or use our contact form over at consummateathlete.com. If, if we miss something, we're certainly, it was not all encompassing. Or if there's another idea or question you'd love for us to cover. Yeah. And of course, if you're sort of thinking about this, like, okay, I've got my calendar out, I'm starting to write it out and I need some help figuring out where to go from here. You can definitely book a phone consult with Peter to just sort of chat through what your season is going to look like, even if you're not necessarily 
you know, looking for a specific training plan or coaching or anything, sometimes we, you know, we can just help talk through That's right. the basic framework for what, what it is you, you could be doing. I did a couple of those last week where I opened up the calendar app. When's the race? What are you doing week to week? And we pretty much drew it the whole calendar there in about half an hour. So, so there you go. Head over to consummateathlete.com. Just click on book a consult to do that. And again, we have all those articles over there too. So yeah, check it out. All right. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you want to hear more training, racing, and endurance sport advice, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox. 